Season 1, Episode 66, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, John chapter 12, verses 1 through 50. And the stories, if you will, that we're going to look at are um, Mary, of Mary, Martha, and the recently risen brother Lazarus, who in chapter 11 was risen from the dead. This is the beginning of chapter 12. Uh, decide they're going to have a uh, Jesus uh, and his disciples uh, present for uh, a dinner. And um, anyway, that's uh, verses 1 through 8 we're going to look at. Verses 9 through 11 is the plot by the chief priests. Uh, usually there's just one high priest, but from what I understand, the Romans kind of were undecided between Caiaphas and his father-in-law or replaced Caiaphas, his father-in-law with, with Caiaphas, whatever. Anyway, normally they just had one high priest, but here they have two, the chief priests uh, consulted that they might put Lazarus unto death, which we'll talk about in verses 9 through 11. And verses 12 through 19, the triumphal entry, also known as Palm Sunday, uh, verses chapter 12, verses 20 through 26. Some Greeks see Jesus and he answers them. These are uh, Jewish, Greek Jewish people that have come for the pilgrimage feasts to Jerusalem. And uh, I think these are the ones that have come from afar that line the streets in the triumphal entry. I think the people that are related to Caiaphas and uh, the high priest and his father-in-law and his crowd that live in Jerusalem, they are uh, pretty much persuaded by the chief priests and Pharisees that Jesus is a bad man. And again, whenever we talk about uh, those that wanted Christ to die, he died for the sins of the whole world. He died for my sins, he died for your sins, and uh, I know Mel Gibson's not a very popular person, but when he made that movie, The Passion of the Christ, everybody, he tried to sell it to just, nobody would make the movie. And so they said, you be in it. You're, you're, a, you're, a, you're a big draw for the movies, a box office draw. And he, he wouldn't recant on not being in the movie. But during production, uh, he did decide to, to be in the movie. And it was the scene where they were hammering the nails into Jesus' hands, which with technology today is pretty graphic. But, but anyway, he had a choice. The director said, so do you want to be the guy nailing? You probably want to be Jesus' arm out there getting the nail driven through his hand. Or do you want to be the guy hammering the nail? And uh, Mel Gibson said, I'd like to be the guy hammering the nail. Which I just always, you know, I, you hope for the best. I know he has a bad reputation in some regards, but but um, who doesn't? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For whosoever shall keep the whole line, yet offend in one point is guilty of all. Pardon me if I, I hope that someone Christ died for trusts Christ, if he hasn't. Anyway, um, but... Um, forgot exactly why I went down that rabbit trail, so I apologize. It'll come back to me when I come back to this, because I'm just introducing it right now, or that's what I, my goal was. And then uh, 
verses uh, chapter 12, 27 through 35, the Son of Man must be lifted up. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Uh, it means crucified, and uh, which was a Roman thing, not a Jewish thing. wouldn't have happened in the time of Moses, but it did as far as the snake goes. And I've, I've told you that story in Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9, if I'm not mistaken. It's a great story, one of my favorite stories. Um, but that's uh, starting in verse 36, we have the unbelief of the people, and these are the people that I think are closely related to the to the priests of Jerusalem, the Pharisees, families, and relatives that have no use for Jesus. But again, he, he died for us, and that is, uh, nobody could have taken him without his letting it happen. Um, and he died for our sins, so we're, we're the cause. Why did he die? Because we sinned. Anyway, uh, verses 44 through 50, uh, this outline, which came with uh, Esword HD, which I, I've got away from Schofield's outline. Uh, this seemed to be a little more in-depth, and it's easier because I'm using this uh, Esword HD. It's free. I think uh, Warren somebody, the guy that wrote A Purpose Driven Life, Pastor Warren, anyway, he uh, he took he made a ton of money on that, and he uh, made this available to get the Word of God out, the e-sword. I, I, I love it. Um, An HD on a tablet is amazing. You've got Bible commentary, dictionary, you've got Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic lexicons, uh, just a great resource for free on an iPad. You also have one on your phone called an e-sword. And I think that's a dollar ninety-nine. The the one for the iPad is free, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, uh, I'm pretty sure it was. I just got it a little while ago. All right, so here we go. Um, John chapter twelve, verse one. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany. And let me just interject here that six days before the Passover, the Passover feast takes seven days, and I think it culminates in the Passover feast itself. And they have to get all the leaven out and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so six days before that would put this about 13 days before Christ was crucified, because he was crucified on the Passover. He is the, pa behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. All right, um, so uh, chapter 12, verse 1, then, then then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom Jesus raised from the dead. Just in this chapter 12, that, that occurred in chapter 11. Um, John chapter 12, verse 2. And they made him supper. Well, I would assume that's Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, with, of course, Martha in charge. And Martha served... But Lazarus, oh, Lazarus had just was able to sit, <laughs> didn't have to work. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with Jesus. That's amazing, because I, I believe he was absent of body and he was in paradise. This day, when Jesus, absent of body, present of the Lord today, before Christ died, you were absent of body, you were in paradise. You're not sitting in a tomb. Nobody's ever waiting in a grave 
or ashes or whatever, bottom of the sea. It's absent body present with the Lord or absent body in paradise, which I'm sure was pretty nice to hang around. You know, you might have been nervous there for a while. I think, I guess uh, Abel was the first one there, but we know by faith Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. So he had to wait for somebody else to be killed or die uh, before he had company. And back in those days, it was a long wait, but that's a, another time for that, I guess, the, the, the canopy theory. Anyway, all right, so uh, then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, he had just raised her brother from the dead. So you can see her appreciation. And uh, somebody does complain, and if somebody was concerned about what she did, but you don't want to follow this guy. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, there were more than one Simon, and there was one more than one Judas, and there's, I think there's a, a second disciple named Judas, if I'm not mistaken. I know there's two James. Anyway, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence? And you'd work all day for a penny, so that's a year's salary, uh, and given to the poor. This Judas said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Then Jesus, then said Jesus, let Martha alone. Against the day of my burying she hath, hath she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. So in 13 days he was going to be killed and prepared for burial. And she was just anointing him early. Verse uh, 9, under the uh, outline point, the plot to kill Lazarus. Verses 9, 10, and 11. Much people of the Jews, therefore, knew that Lazarus was there, and they came not, well, they knew Jesus was there. They came not for Jesus sake only but that they might see Lazarus also whom he had raised from the dead just days earlier who had been dead for four days and the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus to death also because let me read that one again but the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because by reason of Lazarus, many of the Jews went away, believed on Jesus. So again, God has all the Jewish people, all the, the good Jewish people, except I guess the, uh, the Samaritans that don't, they would just worship up in the hills. But all the other Jews come to Jerusalem. Regardless if they're from Ethiopia or wherever, they come to the temple uh, three, for three different feasts. And some of them are very close together. 
at any rate, um, those I don't think they had uh, the, the Jewish people have had uh, pilgrimage feasts since they lost the temple in AD 70. There's no temple to go to. It will be reconstructed, but that's for another time. Um, verse 12 of chapter 12. So we took care of the, uh, of the plot to kill Lazarus. Now we're going to take a look at the triumphal, John's account of the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. On the next day, after he had eaten with Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha, much people were come to the feast. Jerusalem was crowded during the, the pilgrimage feast. Very, very crowded. And when and they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Let me read that again. Verse 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now if you look up the word Hosanna, in, in it's uh, of Hebrew descent, I think it's a pretty much a transliteration into Greek, but it means, O save, or you save us. Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat thereon as it is written by Isaiah the prophet. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Zion is a hill in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem wasn't always in Jewish control. It became the city of David when David, the first Jew to conquer it, uh, took the city and, and made it a, a fortification and named it after himself the city of David, also known as Jerusalem. Behold, the king cometh sitting on the baby of a, do of a, of a donkey, a young donkey. How about that? A young colt. These, these things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. So they didn't do them because, at least, uh, you know, if they did do them because they were trying to fool everybody and make him a prophet, why did they go to death, go to their deaths? Why, why would Paul say, none of these things move me, neither count on my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy in a ministry which the Lord had. Why wouldn't they just go off and hide somewhere? Paul went to Jerusalem even though he was going to die. Jesus went to Jerusalem even though he was going to die. Peter was out and about preaching even though he knew he was going to be crucified. When Jesus told him that after his resurrection on the coast of the Sea of Galilee, the northern coast of the Sea of Galilee. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And that exchange. Verse 16. These things understood they not his disciples at first, but when Jesus was glorified, i.e. risen from the dead, then remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. 
The people, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause the people also met him for that they heard that he had done this miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. So that was a triumphal entry. I would, I would, I would guess these people were the outside of Jerusalem, outside of the influence of the Pharisees and the high priests, that they would uh, receive Jesus in this manner, like the, the, the Greeks that came looking for him in the next uh, passage. Uh, but to end this uh, triumphal entry, the Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive how, perceive ye how ye prevail nothing? Behold, the world has gone after Jesus. Verse 20. Uh, this is under the heading, Some Greeks Seek Jesus. And the, I would say these are Jews from outside of Jerusalem. They're really not pot being politically correct, they believe people that can raise the dead would prob probably be from God. Give sight to the blind, even if it was on the Sabbath. Anyway, and there, verse 20, and there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast, as all good Jews did across the world. They came to Jerusalem for the pilgrimage feast. The Feast of, Pas feast of Passover followed by the feast, uh, the feast of uh, Pentecost, and you also have the, the Feast of Booths. I think that's another one. They have different names, but those are the three feasts, and I think they're all kind of grouped together in the springtime. Anyway, um, this, the same... Okay, let me start again. Verse 20, And there were certain Greeks among them that came to worship at the feast, the same came to Philip, possibly because of his Greek name, came to Philip, which was at Bethsaida, Bethsaida of Galilee, who was of Bethsaida of Galilee. He wasn't that at Galilee. He was down in Jerusalem, but he, or up in Jerusalem, I should say. And described, therefore the same Greeks came, therefore, to Philip, which was of Bethsaida, Galilee, and desired Philip, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh to Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered Philip and Andrew, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. That ultimately, I think, is the resurrection from the dead. I don't think he was very glorified being crucified among thieves. But three days later they realized he was glorified. John twelve twenty four. Barely, barely, Jesus said to Philip and Andrew. And if the Jews if the Greeks are in earshot, uh, they could be there. I don't know who the 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 them could be there. Again, tell Jesus. So anyway, uh, verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. Isn't it interesting that the only way you're going to get wheat 
is to plant wheat seeds, wheat grains in the ground. And that's how this whole photosynthesis thing works. And seeds are amazing. And they need to be underground and kind of buried, if you will. And then they bring forth, you take one seed of corn, one germinated seed of corn, you get 1,500 back. A stock of corn, a good stock of corn will have five ears on it. And each of those ears will have approximately 300 seeds on it. So you take one seed and you get 1,500 back. At any rate, um, it bringeth forth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a seed of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He is the seed being bear, buried. He is the seed of Eve. He's the seed of Abraham that will bless all families of the world because some are going to believe and some aren't. The only one you need to worry about is you. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life shall keep it unto eternal life. Or as uh, uh, Elliot, Jim Elliot said, who lost his life in Ecuador in 1956, he is no fool to keep, to, to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And when they buried those five missionaries, well, four, they couldn't find the fifth one, but uh, one of his Kichwa Indians found him and, uh, and uh, brought back his watch. His wife had some comfort. But anyway, they buried four of the five under the tree house where they had built to, to reach the Alka Indians and to live on what they called uh, Palm Beach for... Uh, about five days, if I'm not mistaken. and um, But they buried him in, in a sermon that was preached there. I think it was Frank Drown that said the words. And I met Frank Drown at Frontier School of the Bible about 15 years ago. But anyway, it's a great privilege to meet that man. He's with the Lord now. But he, uh, he, he his prayer consisted of and I'm just going to paraphrase it, but let these seeds of these souls, which we have planted here today, sprout into a, a great awakening across the world. And when those missionaries died in 56, that was the shot heard around the world as far as missions go, as far as, as people being excited. I think it led to the the Great Awakening that I was a part of in the uh, early 70s, 1972, um, at any rate. Um, but I, I like this idea of, of, of burying a seed and then you get 1,500 more seeds of corn or whatever your uh, corn is kind of a generic English word for seed. Uh, orange seeds, you get a lot of oranges. Whatever. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life 
in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Again, kind of like what Paul said, none of these, don't go to Jerusalem, they're going to kill you. None of these things move me, neither count on my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify the gospel of the grace of God. That's what he's all about. I'm, I'm three and a half years, a little closer than that, to being 70. The years of a man are three score and ten. Maybe three, uh, four score if he's strong. That's 80. And of course, you know, there's people that, the oldest West Point graduate I just saw, you know, something I got the other day, is 104 years old. Okay, so the ages vary. But we're just talking about round numbers here. And um, I had a grandfather that died at 70. My dad's father died at 70. My mother's father died at 80. And I'm, I'm fine with each one of those. I'm fine to be here. I'm fine to go. Confident and willing, rather, to be absent body and present with the Lord. But might be more needful for you and others to for, for me to stick around and make these podcasts. Maybe not. Guess I'll find out when I get to heaven. Anyway, um, I left the army to go into to uh, to Bible college, and it's a decision I I do not regret. I'll just leave it at that. If any man serve me, let him follow me. For where I am, there shall my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. You don't get to heaven by serving the Lord, but you get honored in heaven by serving the Lord. You lay up treasure in heaven by serving the Lord. You receive crowns for different acts. There's a martyr's crown. There's a, a, a crown for leading people to Christ. I don't know which crown the, uh, the thief on the cross got, but I'll be surprised if he doesn't have one. Even though right before his death, right before they came and broke his legs, he turned to Jesus and said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus, knowing the hearts of men, said, This day you'll be with me in paradise. And uh, so I look forward to meeting him. And we take our crowns off when we're in, our, in his presence. I'm not sure we don't put them back. I don't think we're always absolutely in his presence. There's many cities, rulers of ten cities. Um, I understand that when I, when I reported to the battalion commander or the brigade commander, or the assistant division commander at 101st. I was, you know, very much at attention, saluting. Uh, I uncovered in a building unless I was armed. You know, stuff like the rules they have for, for meeting. But guess what? When I left, I put my hat back on. Anyway, um, so if, if you're not going to earn crowns because you think you have to lay them all down at Jesus' feet or cast... You know, I think we take them off when we're in His presence. That's I think there's Old Testament support for that, but I, I have to do some research on that one. I'll let you think about that one. All right. So, uh, the okay, the Son of Man lifted up, verses 27 through 35. Now is Jesus goes on to say to Andrew, and I guess the the Jews have have gotten in earshot uh, after this dinner. Um, um, no, the, after the triumphal entry, I'm sorry. The dinner was a while ago. Okay. Um, so, 
verse 27. Now is my soul troubled, Jesus says, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy Son, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So, boy, these uh, these Greek guys and everybody else, all the other people that, that welcomed him in this uh, laying their clothes in front of his donkey, uh, Hosanna in the highest, O save, uh, were treated to hear God say this. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, The voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. The prince of this world is Satan. And um, he is cast out at the end of the tribulation. And it would be very much like Christ to jump over the church age even though the church age is about to start in 50 days after the Passover with Pentecost, uh, the Gentile church, which has lasted for 2,000 years or close to it. Um, but, um, but the prince of this world is, is, is Satan. And, and it says that right down here in a few verses. Uh, it's cast out, and that's when he's cast in the lake of fire at the end of the tribulation. And I, if I be lifted up, again, a reference to uh, being crucified as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. I bet I bet when those three million people were out, were snake bit in Numbers chapter 21 verses 4 through 9, I bet they were being drawn to the, to the snake on the staff, the bronze snake on the staff. People were pulling them, dragging them, whatever they could so they could they could live, physically live. Now we're talking about eternal life here. The Son of Man must be lifted up. Um, well, look, verse 32. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to me. You know, he chose Judas, but Judas never believed. Just because you're drawn doesn't mean you're going to believe. Just because you're chosen doesn't mean you're going to believe. Just because you're an apostle doesn't mean you're going to believe. Thomas hasn't believed yet. I don't think he believes until after Christ has risen from the dead. Doubting Thomas. The question you got to ask yourself, have you believed? Which group are you in? Believers or unbelievers? We're going to talk about the unbelievers here in just a minute. This Jesus said, let me read verse 32 again. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. This Jesus said, signifying what death he should die, i.e. the crucifixion. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. How sayest thou, the Son of Man, must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So these are, we're getting close to the unbelieving people that... Uh, have worked their way into this crowd. And the rest of the chapter is pretty much focuses on them and, and Jesus' response to them. And Jesus answered and said, Yet a little while 
is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he groweth, goeth. So you can be the light of the world by, by trusting Christ. But uh, the Holy Spirit indwells the believer today. It, not at this point, but in 50 days it will at Pentecost, after Jesus is killed, after the Passover. But um, walk while you have light. When darkness come upon you, for ye that walk in darkness knoweth not whether you go. Again, I'm just always kind of looking for prophecy of the uh, tribulation when the, when the Holy Spirit is, is taken out, when he that letteth is removed. And um, that's going to be a pretty dark time. And I told you part of my motivation in, in putting this on record. All right, verse 36. While you have the light, while we have the light, believe, while you have the light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. So this crowd he's gotten away from because they're kind of turning on him. If you be the Christ, you know, who is the Son of Man? Um, but, verse 37, But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. So there is a crowd here. I think these are the homegrown Jerusalem crowd, the, the families of the, of the priests and, and those folks. The ones that come far and wide that have seen his works across Judea, um, they laid their clothes down the morning of this day. Uh, they believe. Anyway, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which Isaiah spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes, and hardened their heart, and they should not see with their eyes, nor understand in their heart, and be converted, and should heal them. I think it's it's clear in Scripture that they, their 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 lack of faith in Jesus Christ is the cause of their blindness. It's God's will that all men be saved. The Bible repeats that over and over again. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him, God is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness slackness, but is not willing that any should perish, and that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. So if you're gonna, if you believe in a God that hardens people's eyes so they can't believe, I, I just, I don't know how you understand the gospel of the grace of God, but that's your business. These these things said Isaiah, when he saw his glory and spake of the Messiah. Nevertheless, a thousand years before Jesus came. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. So there are people that are believing on him. The question is not whether you're 
been blinded by God, it's whether you believe or not. Now, you can believe whatever you want. But I wouldn't follow a God that, that pick and chose who's going to go to heaven and who's not arbitrarily based on anything less than it pleased God to save them that believe, which is what the Bible says. It pleased God to save them so, to believe. So I encourage you as strongly as I can to believe in the Savior of the world, to believe the God that sent him, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, anybody, believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I have everlasting life and I hope you do as well. Um, These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Verse 42, Nevertheless among the chief rulers also many believed in Jesus but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be cast out of the synagogue. There are, there's a group of people that say you must confess with your mouth, and you're not saved. They take Romans 10 and, and turn that around. When it says you, you, you've got to believe, you've got to believe. You don't have to witness. The Greek word for witness is martyr. So you don't have to martyr yourself to go to heaven. That's not what Jim Elliot was talking about. He is no fool to give up what he cannot keep. That's your temporary life on this earth that is as a vapor and gain what you cannot lose, which is reward in heaven, not eternal life. You don't have to be a martyr to go to heaven. Nevertheless, among the chief priests and chief rulers, many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. If, this, if, if a church is such a big part, my church means a lot to me. You know, I hope to have a memorial service there when I'm gone. I hope to, like my wife did, and 600 people showed up. I don't expect to have that. But, but she was an amazing person. But anyway... Um, And she had an amazing life. Uh, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. But, you know, I'll run the risk of being put out of my church for whatever reason. Uh, my loyalty is not to my church, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever comes, comes. But, um, anyway. Uh, probably nobody's going to show up anyway. And if, and if people want to show up, they'll, you know, uh, build a better mousetrap, they'll beat a path to your door. Anyway, my dad used to say that. Last verse here in chapter 12. 1243. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. So, the praise of God is, is for those that, that you know are going to hear, well done my good and faithful servant. But if you have no good works whatsoever, it says in Corinthians, if all you have is wood, hay, and stubble, you're still saved, yet so as by fire. And I would argue the thief on the cross didn't have a lot of good works. He had one that I know of, and he died. But maybe that was a very fruitful seed that was planted in the ground. And many people heard, I've heard about the thief on the cross long before I was saved. I always thought that guy was so lucky to get a, uh, a, a, a promise from Jesus. I, I just noticed I've got some more verses, so I've got to really go through this quick. 
Uh, Jesus came to save the world. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth, verse 44, Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me believeth not. He that believeth on me believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. So believing in Christ is believing in God, the Father. They're, they're one. you got to get that figured out. And he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. <laughs> Done that. Verse 47. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejoiceth, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. When you go, when you never trusted Christ and, and you hear, look, John 6, 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. Why didn't you believe on me? You had it right there in the Bible. Could have opened it up. You could have found it. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Ask and ye shall receive. The monkey is on your back. For I have not spoken of... Verse 49. But I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. I'm going to wish you uh, to go with God. Adios. And also to go with God, which is via con Dios.